Welcome to our Daily Inspiration Podcast. As Inspire Church is walking through a 30-day rule of life, whether you are participating fully or just listening, we hope you are blessed. Hi, my name is Liz Moran, and I just recently stepped into a new role, actually, as the Connections Director for E2 Church in Elk Grove, California. Um, but I've had a number of different jobs, honestly, throughout my lifetime. Um, geez, I mean, I started off with me wanting a career in, uh, in the world of video. <laughs> and I was kind of on track for that, actually, for that career path. Uh, I had this dream of working for Pixar. And I actually had a mentor from Pixar that was keeping me on track for that. Um, I wanted to be an editor. Uh, but... Life often changes, and it did in fact change for me. Um, I always knew that I had a, a call to full-time ministry in my life, but it's been quite the journey to get there. <laughs> um, so for most of my career, majority of my career, I honestly uh, have worked in nonprofits, and I've loved it. Um, for a lot of my career, it's mostly been either in admin or operations of some sort, um, but I really love collaborating. I love team building. I love uh, strategizing. Um, that's just kind of the world that I operate in um, because I have a lot of passion for just helping organizations get healthy, helping people find their potential within an organization. Um, and so just within my roles, I've honestly been really blessed to be able to work um, kind of on the technical side of things, but then really also trying to tap into um, that spiritual side of me, right? As I built relationships with coworkers and staff and any type of external stakeholders and people that I came into contact with. Um, so in every job I've ever had, I feel like God has always granted me this opportunity to, to do more than what I may have initially expected. Um, but I guess that kind of brings us actually to our topic for today, which I really get the privilege to host. Um, which is the topic about intersection between faith and work. Mm, quite the topic. You know, whenever I think about faith and work, I think there are some common issues that we all deal with that, that come to mind. And, you know, actually, as I was preparing for this, I actually reached out to a number of my friends um, that I know, you know, are in their career. Some of them are in careers they want to be in. Some of them are in careers they don't want to be in. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, uh, there are a number of things that we can relate to because I honestly started to see some patterns surface and, and found a ton of relevancy among us all. So when it comes to finding this intersection between faith and work, we've all probably experienced, you know, either all of these or at least some of these feelings. Uh, and I think that one of the first things that comes to mind is, am I living out my purpose, right? Like some of these questions are like, am I glorifying God at work? Like, is my work is you know is my work and my faith like are they really intersecting in any way am i honoring god throughout my work um what if my job you know doesn't even allow me to talk about my faith then how do i even make that happen how do i deal with situations where you know there's a conflict between my values you know as a christian and and the situations that are happening at work how can i do something for god if if i'm always having to work uh, maybe you're you know, dealing with that time management or issues with time. Um, and we're asking ourselves these questions, right? Like, and maybe sometimes we're even asking ourselves a question like, 
uh, like, when is God going to just call me to do something else that's more aligned to his will for my life? And what do I do in the meantime? Ooh, I don't know about you, but if you're anything like me, you've probably asked yourself a number of these questions, or like I said, maybe all of these questions. I know I've asked myself all of these questions. And you know what? They're legitimate questions. These are legitimate concerns. So I really want us to start breaking some of these things down. So will you come on this journey with me? Let's jump in. When we became Christians, right, maybe one of the first things that we began to question was, am I really living out the calling God has for my life? Like, what is the purpose that God has for my life? What is God's will? We hear this term all the time in, in Christianese and in Christian world. And, um, and, and we're wondering, what is the purpose that God has for my life? But this, in fact, is a question that'll keep surfacing throughout our life. You know, it's not something that we just deal with in the beginning of our faith journey. Um, so whether you're new to the faith or whether you've been in it for years, this is a legitimate concern that we deal with. But the first question is really, how do we know what God's will for our life is? When we read in Romans 12, Two, right chapter 12 verse 2 um, in the new living translation version it says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect I really like the way that the message puts this, so I'm going to actually read it to you in that version too, and I want you to, to hear this out. It says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, a place, oh, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants for you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Ooh, I love that. To know the will of God, you need to make sure you are growing in your relationship with him, right? That you're aligning your thoughts with him. It's the same as with the human relationship. As you get to know a person more, you get to know what they want more and more, right? I mean, like if you're married, you might experience this with a partner. If you're in a relationship of some time or, or if you're a parent or you have a parent, right? you kind of start to know the way somebody thinks and you almost can guess what they're going to think, right? But that's all dependent on how close you are to them. Well, it's the same thing with God. As you get to know God more, you get to know his thoughts and you start to mind meld with him, right? To where now you're, you're starting to see things the way that he does. You're starting to think of things the way that he does. You're starting to understand the, what, you know, what he's actually saying. And his will for your life, which is filled with hope and a future, is something that is promised to us. Like Jeremiah 29, 11, right? That's what he's talking about. Like this hope and this future. He's got something good planned for you. Everything in our lives has purpose. And if we've made Jesus Lord of our life, well, then that means that he is guiding and directing us. So the place where you find yourself right now, remember, 
that he placed you there for such a time as this. Oftentimes we forget that, right? That what am I doing here? Like, am I in this job because God put me here or not? Well, if you are actually making him Lord of your life, then that means he's directing your steps. And that means that he has placed you where you're at. And unless he moves you, then this is where he wants you. And this is where you should be. Due to a lot of moving around in my own life, you know, I've moved around a good amount. I've lived in the state of Washington, state of California. I've lived in North Carolina. I've lived in Virginia. And I mean, it's just been one move after the other sometimes I felt. Um, well, that also meant that I had a good number of jobs, right? Because I was often changing jobs. But I would always find myself asking this question, man, like, is this where I'm supposed to be at? Like, is this, you know, where God has me? Is this really the end, right? Is this, is this my, my, my full on assignment? <laughs> but somehow I knew deep down inside, right? Remember, I, I felt from a young age that I had a call into full-time ministry. Sometimes I, I, so I knew deep down inside that this wasn't really the end of the line for me, but for the time being, God had brought me to this particular place which meant me living on purpose while I was there. This isn't the easiest thing because a lot of the times, you know, we might find ourselves in a situation where we're questioning whether God really brought us there. Well, he'll lead you if you ask him to. I remember when I had moved to North Carolina, at the time I was working for an organization called Teach for America in operations. And I remember um, that I was, you know, trying to find a job in North Carolina well, um, because I wasn't having the luck that I was, you know, that I, I, didn't, I wasn't having luck in finding the job I wanted, I um, then found out that I could potentially move to the TFA office in North Carolina. Well, it wasn't the most ideal for me because of location. Like I was going to be a little bit further than I wanted to be from a place of work. Um, but it seemed to be the only thing that was biting. So guess what? I guess that's where I was headed. Um, and I remember asking God, you know, Lord, like if this is what you have for me, then just make it clear, right? And give me peace about it. Like give me peace about it. And, you know, the Bible tells us to seek wise counsel, right? We don't need to depend on ourselves the whole time. Um, and so I did. I started talking to some of my mentors, some of my um, friends, you know, in the faith and just kind of getting some opinions out of them, right? And and I felt like the Lord was giving me peace around something um, because I just happened to have been offered a different opportunity at, um, at a school, but it was going to be downgrading basically in my career. <laughs> um, so I had already worked myself up a little bit to to more of a director um, position. And this would be going all the way back down into more of a, an assistant role. Um, and so for me, that was like, whoa, like this was gonna be a pay cut. This was gonna have a lot of impact on my life, but it was something that you know I had to consider. And I remember praying about it and thinking to myself like, man, God, if this is what you have for me, then please make it clear. And I remember that at the time, um, you know, when I finally felt peace about it, I felt like within my gut, something was telling me, go for this job at the school <laughs> instead of at the job with TFA. So I ended up taking the job with the school and not lying, within six months, I got three different promotions <laughs> at the school 
because they started to see that I had a lot more to offer than the position they had initially placed me in. Um, so I went from, you know, this assistant front office manager role at the school to I became the director of operations of our middle school, which had 500 kids with 80 staff. And I was now the co-leader of this school because we had a co-leader model. It was crazy. But I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like, are we trusting that God has placed us where we're at with a purpose for a reason that and that his his purpose and his will behind this is, is something that's for our good, right? Um, so I trusted God in that, even though it didn't make the logical sense that everybody around me probably thought I should be focusing on, right? It's like, well, Liz, that doesn't make a lot of lot. You're going to be making less money. You're going to be in a lower position. You're going to have to work your way up. Um, this isn't even really within the career field that you want. Like a lot of things didn't add up. But I just trusted God because I asked him and I felt like he gave me peace about it. So I went with it and it ended up being one of the best decisions that I made. If you ask him, like he will lead you. But you might be asking yourself, right? Well, what do I do while I'm in this current assignment? Well, that leads us to kind of another concern, right? When we find ourselves in a job, we might find ourselves wondering like, well, so how do I glorify God through my work? Like through this job that I'm at and this assignment that I'm in, how do I actually glorify God? You know, Colossians 3.23 tells us, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You see, a lot of times we tend to categorize our work and faith into separate compartments. But the reality is God doesn't want to be compartmentalized. He wants to be in all of it with you. At my church at E2, um, with my pastor, Pastor Jared Ellis, and with um, our campus pastor, Pastor Q, you know, we're always talking about not putting Jesus first. Um, <laughs> did you, you probably just said, huh? Did I just hear you say that right? Not put Jesus first? Yep, yeah, I did say that. You see, because when we put him first, then that means we're checking off the list, right? Like he's the first thing on our list and we're checking it off. But then that kind of gives us this room to forget about him throughout the rest of the day. When in reality, what we need to do is put Jesus at the center because then he'll always be around no matter what, we find ourselves doing at any point in time. When we start letting go of the control and allowing him to be in every area, including our work, we bring honor to him in everything. So what does this look like in a practical way? Well, maybe it means that while you have your headphones on and you're cranking away, right, beast mode at work, that you're listening to worship music, or maybe you put on a podcast like this one, and it's helping point you back to Jesus so that you can keep him at the center, right? Center of your thoughts, center of, you know, your emotions, center of even your physical state, right? Maybe it means praying for your meal before you eat, or going on a little prayer walk during your break or your lunch hour. In fact, by being more open about your faith, you know, sometimes you'll even get surprised at the fact that some of your coworkers are also believers and they're like, oh, I didn't know, right? And now you can start connecting with them. Well, what if I'm not allowed to be open about my faith at work? You may not be able to start evangelizing in the middle of the office or like the food courtyard, right? But I believe anyone 
that, you know, I believe that no one can really stop you from exercising your freedom of speech if the opportunity presents itself. I mean, can they really stop you for, from praying for your food? I don't think so, right? You're not openly saying something. This is in your personal time and space. Um, I, in fact, I used to work for the state and my situation was a little different. I wasn't in an office. I was actually in a remote setting. So I never really got to even engage with anyone from my office. Um, but, you know, I've always been the type to, again, start my day off asking the Lord to help me succeed in my work for that day and to just send opportunities my way, you know, so that I can shine my light. And I remember um, <laughs> recently, because remember I, I told you that recently I switched into a new role back into full-time ministry. Well, when I was actually in my last week at the state, I had an interesting conversation where I, you know, had told my manager, right, that I was officially putting in my notice and we're talking over email and um, out of nowhere, you know, she asked me like, oh, well, where, where are you going? Like, what new job did you get? Well, this opened up an opportunity, right, for us to talk about the fact that, that I was now going to be working for my church and I ended up inviting her to church, <laughs> which was interesting. And so there I am inviting her to church and I'm telling her about my church and all of this cool stuff. And, um, and this gave me an opportunity to just kind of, you know, tell her a little bit more about me ends up. She's a believer too. And we start talking about that. And she's like, yeah, actually I am looking for a church. Well, this is awesome, right? Cause it's, it opened up this opportunity that I never would have known about had I not engaged in this conversation. So you know, maybe, maybe that means for you, right? Like if you're going to put Jesus in the center, if you're going to, um, have this opportunity to share with them, then you're asking yourself, how do I shine my light? Well, maybe putting the fruits of the spirit into action, right? Maybe that means being nice, even when there's a difficult situation. Maybe it means exercising self-control, when that goes against the grain. Maybe that means speaking positively into negative situations or keeping your joy even when things are not going the way that you want them to. There's a lot of different ways for you to shine your light. But that's not going to happen unless you are intentional about putting God at the center of everything. By putting him even at the center of the decisions that you're making, of the process that you're going through. In everything, like how are you putting him there so that those opportunities can now begin to come out and, and give you the chance to really speak out about who you are and bringing you know, that melding between your faith and your work. Many times we forget that we have this power in the Holy Spirit within us. We have the power to shift and change things based on how we approach it. Maybe that means for you, like learning how to pray for the changes that you want to see. Learning how to press into the spirit before making a decision. God will lead you. And as he does, he'll make a way for your faith to intersect with your work. And this leads us to that third concern that I wanted to talk about. Why does it even matter if I involve God in my work? Like my, my work has nothing to do with God. We might think that to ourselves, right? When we invite God into our workplace, we invite him to help us. 
And we have to remember that this is actually a benefit to us. Inviting God into our workspace means allowing him to work in us and through us. Remember that if he placed us where we are right now, then it's for a reason. Whether it's to learn something or to prepare us for whatever's coming next or to connect us with someone somehow, God always has a reason. He has an intention because he's an intentional God and he does everything on purpose. So maybe instead of focusing on questioning what we're doing here and how this has anything to do with God, maybe we need to change our focus or ask God to change our focus to why God has us there and then trust that it's for a reason within this season of our lives. Because seasons change, but in this season, he has a reason. (laughs) And I did not mean to be corny there. It just came out. That's who I am. We need believers in every area of society. Think about this, right? As Matthew 5 tells us, we are here to be the salt and light of the world. Whether you're an engineer or you're a medical professional, maybe you're a manager, maybe you're a cashier at Trader Joe's, I don't know, right? But we're all part of the same body and we're all called to play a specific role. And guess what? Every single role is essential. Can you imagine what the world would be like if we all decided to represent Jesus? (laughs) I think the world would be a better place if we really started to see ourselves as the light and the flavor bringers in a world that is just dark and tasteless. In the end, bringing God into our workplace and and conjoining our faith and work, it actually draws us closer to God. On a personal level, it does this because we're inviting him into every of our lives And it also allows us the opportunity to now draw others into him. Why? Because of our intentionality to actually shine our light. And now we become those people that are providing and bringing hope to those who desperately need it. You learned about Jesus because somebody was shining their light. (laughs) Because somehow you realized that somebody maybe had a hope And you started to learn about that hope that they had. And you're like, I want that same hope, right? You found yourself in a situation at some point and somebody had to speak into your situation. Well, when are you going to start doing that for somebody else? Okay, Liz. Okay, Liz. This all sounds good so far, but how do I then make the time to find a balance between work and my faith? I want to do more for God, but I just feel like I I don't have time. (laughs) Trust me, this is the age old battle for all of us. (laughs) When I was working outside of full-time ministry, this was a constant battle for me. But what I learned is that there's different seasons to life. Honestly, there is never a perfect balance. Some seasons are going to require you to dedicate more time to your work and personal life, right? And other seasons will enable you to dedicate more time to your faith. Like, If you're a single person and your top priorities right now are deciding what time you're going to go to the gym or CrossFit and like what you're going to eat or meal prep for this week, guess what? You may be in a season where you can also be intentional about making more time for God. 
Maybe that means getting up a little earlier and then reading your Bible and praying. Or maybe that means joining a Bible study or some kind of community group that your church offers. Or maybe that means you start leading a group, right? Be intentional. Or do you start reading some books that are going to help you grow your faith? Or maybe that means taking some classes, right? Some discipleship classes so that you can grow your faith even deeper. Or... Maybe you're a parent with two young children and all you can really afford to do is maybe listen to the Bible app on your way to drop off the kids at daycare or listen to some worship music while you clean the house, right? Or during your lunch break at work. Um, well, what if you can set up a play date with some peeps from church and while the kids play, you can talk about Sunday sermon or maybe host a book club on Zoom or like during your lunch at work you know, like with other believers that you've now found through the organization, like you guys can actually have some conversations about spirituality and faith, right? Like it's about finding how these things can come together, not again, making categories that have separate compartments, right? We all find time for the things that are important to us. Some seasons in life mean date nights only come around once in a while. And talking about our day means doing it while we prep breakfast or like are in the break room or at the gym, right? But if we're not intentional about upkeeping a relationship, if we never talk and never listen and never engage, well, that relationship dies. Well, that also happens with our relationship with God. Yeah. So you work all day for like, eight to 12 hours a day, right? Depending on, on your career. And that's where you feel you spend most of your time. And you feel that things, you know, there's so many things to do and there just aren't enough hours in the day to get everything in, including like reading your Bible and honoring God and putting him, you know, at the center. But again, the beautiful thing is you don't need to separate the two. You need to meld them together. Bring God into your workspace. Talk to him all the time. Include him in everything and you will see him work everything out for your good. That is a promise he's made you. I love the way that the Message Bible states Philippians 4.8. It says, summing, summing it all up, friends, I'd say You'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Wow. You can have the best of both worlds, but it's going to take intentionality. I really hope that this time that we got to spend together in this podcast has given you some food for thought, has offered you some practical takeaways, and hopefully it's giving you some dessert for your soul, right? Um, that you can meld you know, your work life and your faith life. 
It's not about separating the two. It's about bringing the two together. It's about putting God at the center, right? Like making him at the center of everything. It's about including him in all the little things. And it's about shining your light, right? Like putting it out there in the best way that you can. And then finding intentional ways to make sure you're incorporating him even into your work life. You will be amazed at what he can do when you hand over the control. God bless you guys. And I hope that you walked away with something out of our conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you are inspired as we journey together to reorient our lives in life-giving practices as demonstrated in God's word. 